Hi, welcome to Star Stories. My name is William Lovin and, and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who are in the stammering field and people who have a general interest in the topic. So in today's episode I am joined from Callum's Schofield and Callum's been doing some very inspiring stuff during lockdown which he'll tell you all about but also what he does for a living and We'll also talk about how we came across each other on social media and, and the power of the stammering community. So hi, Callum. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hi, William. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting to you. Thank you. So can you introduce yourself and, and, and tell the viewers what you do for a living? Yeah, well, I'm Callum Schofield. I'm from South Wales. And at the moment, I'm a additional needs support assistant in a secondary school which is basically working with children with behavioral or learning difficulties to support them really wow and in well we'll talk about your role further along during the episode but let's talk about your stammer when did you first realize you had a stammer but also did you how was your stammer when you at, at a young age I started stammering when I was about four or five, I think, but I only became sort of self-aware and self-stammer when I was around 10 years old, probably. That's when I started to notice that I was that little bit different to everyone else. As a younger child, you are quite carefree, I think is a good way to put this. As I got older, towards the end of primary school, the start of secondary school, that's when my stammer... I don't like using the word got worse, but that's when it certainly became more noticeable and a lot more challenging there. So I think like with anything, the older you become, the more knowledge you've got, the more aware you become of your surroundings. And unfortunately, if you have something that's that little bit different about yourself, whether that's a stammer or something else, you become more aware that you are the person with a stammer and those around you are not or may not be. And do you think that you sort of, like someone else was telling me that they didn't really realise that they had a stammer until later on in their life and that they weren't really made aware, like it wasn't a made, made aware to them. Were you told that you did have a stammer when you were younger or, or, or did you sort of find out? Like, did your parents know when you were younger but just didn't want to tell you? Or when were you told that you stammer well I went to speech therapy on two occasions when I was a child once I was around four years old four or five so that was probably I want to say because of stammering but then again a lot of children at that age go to speech therapy then I went yeah. again when I was a little bit older at eight nine ten maybe so I was told about my stammer but even from a young age like when I was 12 13 for example and that was from then about till up until I was about eighteen. I would shut down any mention of my stammer. I I wouldn't want to talk about it, and that includes the people closest around me. I just wouldn't want to address it at all. So it's not so much that I wasn't told, but it's it was sometimes the elephant in the room. But I made it the elephant in the room, really. Yeah, like you sort of want to, like. 
lots of people find that the one thing with a stammer, that the one thing that they don't want to do is make a scene with a yep. stammer. Like the worst situation is sort of when you're put on on the spot where someone may finish your sentence for you, like say the word that you're trying to say, and then it's all just become then the room just goes silent because you don't want to continue the conversation because you want to show that this is not okay. And I think or or when you stand and people look at you more, like the worst thing for me at school was school register. Like the class yeah. would say, my name's Matthew and being William, my name would be at the end of the list. Mm-hmm. And the whole room would go silent when it came to me because of, like back then I, I, I couldn't say William and H's were quite hard. So the whole room would just go dead quiet and then it would just be me. Like I think it's all for that situation where no one, when people think they may be doing the right thing, but but it's a completely opposite of doing the right thing. Did your teachers know at, when, when you're at school, or like did, were they sort of conscious, but no, not to make a scene, or did you let the odd person know just that they were aware of it in any situation? Um, yeah, all my teachers were aware, and very similar to you, I couldn't answer the register either, and. In Wales, we answer in Welsh, so the Welsh word for you is "ama," and I can never say "ama." And so, so somebody said, "Would you rather say here?" But I thought that's just making me stand out more. So yeah. all my teachers were away because I was quite fortunate that my head of year was quite on the ball, really. So she made sure that all my teachers were away prior to me go into these lessons and particularly if I was having yeah. a bad patch or um, a challenging week, two weeks, she would send emails around to let the staff know to sort of not pick on me as such, not pick on, but you know, not choose Callum to talk because of this, which it's one of the things looking back now, I'm like, yes, that definitely helped me at the time, but would I have rather just sort of have the, not tough love approach, but would I rather just carried on? And I know at the time it would have probably made things a lot worse, but in hindsight now, I think, would it have been more beneficial to not have isolated myself, really? But it's one of those things. But I was quite fortunate that I had quite a few teachers who helped me a lot, like particularly with speaking exams for my English and Welsh GCSEs. I had teachers who went out of their way to work one-on-one with me to make sure I got the best grades I could in these speaking exams, which I was very, which I still am very, very grateful for. Wow. And just out, out of curiosity, like we had a guest, Sabrina, who, who was Italian, and like she stammers way more speaking Italian when she does in English. Do you stammer more when you speak Welsh, when you speak English, or would you say it's roughly the same? What I found when I was learning Welsh is the Welsh language is full of sort of a harsh consonant sounds like the D's, the G's, the D's. And they're the words that I struggle with most, anything which had a C, a B, a D, a G at the start. And quite a lot of that in the Welsh language. But then on the sort of opposite of that, we also did Spanish in school. And I felt like Spanish I spoke well in, English was not amazing, then Welsh I struggled with. So it's interesting how I was learning two languages one of them I spoke a lot more fluently in than the other. So, yeah, I would say Welsh probably my worst for stammering-wise. And so 
sort of going into a deeper sort of which say question my time ask all my guests who stammer is tell me a time when you struggled most with your stammer but also to inspire people who are struggling with their stammer how did you overcome that situation probably it's not one specific time but it's more of a period that i was i left um i, I did my gta i did my a levels and i left my college then I was having, I just started work full time and I was working in McDonald's and I was not in the best of places. And I was very much, this is all I'll get. I'll just be stuck working in McDonald's for the rest of my life. It was that kind of mindset. And as a result, obviously my speech was very challenging. and I struggled to speak to colleagues, um, speaking to customers I was okay with every now and again, but more moving away from the stammer, my sort of mental side of things was not in a good place because of it that I thought I'll have to adapt to never say my name I have to adapt to all these avoidance techniques really I thought oh, God, you know I have to adapt to never do any certain things because of my speech and this was well as I just finished my A-levels I felt in a rut really. I felt a bit stuck but what I did was when I was 18 I then attended the Starfish Project, which is a non-profit organization for people who stammer. And it was September the 25th, 2019 was when I went on Starfish Project. That was my first full day of the course. And it's a cliche, but that course honestly changed my life as it didn't just give me a breathing technique to overcome the physical aspects of stammering, but it gave me a newfound hope, a newfound positive mindset as I was still a very pessimistic person very much you know not the happiest because of the situation I was in and these tendencies still creep in now but I've got the tools to combat them and honestly I was very very not in the best place let's say when I was working at McDonald's but then I took that leap I, I drove down to um, Eastbourne where it's held which is in either West or East Sussex somewhere up for our drive from Wales. I went down there on my own, off my own back. And really those three days changed my life. And it just shows that you can do it, but you've just got to step out of your comfort zone really as, you know, I had many set of thoughts in the build up to the course. I couldn't tell hardly anyone I was going there. Like my immediate family knew that was it. You know, I couldn't tell anyone else. So it was a scary time, but, that was definitely the, I don't, I don't want to say first step, but it was the first many steps to getting where I am today, really. And um, I can completely vouch for what you mean. Like when I went to Michael Palin Centre, I had just gone from my secondary school, from which was a school specifically for additional needs. So I've got dyslexia, dyspraxia and my stammer. So I took a few boxes in, in the additional needs front. <sighs> and going from that which is a school of 70 people to a college of 4,000 people where it was quite big I noticed my stand was getting bad so I went to my GP and I said we've noticed that my stand was getting bad what can we do because it was at a stage where we had never seen it and we realized that it was down to anxiety and the realization that how like the thought of how these new people will portray no no one did Brilliant myself at all, but it was just the thought of a big change of like 
So that's when I got referred for Michael Palin Center. And like, it was the best two weeks, like definitely the most beneficial um, and the best weeks that changed my life because I learned new techniques, but I think for the first time I learned actually what my stammer was and it is okay to stammer. And that's when I changed my headset of, I'm the only person who stammers, this is hell, this is no one else knows what I'm going through. And when I actually there are other people going through what I'm going through, but also there yeah. are ways to help it. And it's, you sort of learn, did you, like we got taught the iceberg, met, like yeah. the yeah. feelings that you show above, but the feelings that you hide beneath. And I sort of didn't realize how many feelings I was hiding beneath and be like, we all should be sharing like what we're going through because every stamp is different. Like your stammer is completely different to mine. But when you think of someone who stammers, you stereotypicalize as someone with a bad, 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 bad stammer. And that's what sort of needs to change then, especially what I'm trying to do with podcasts is to show that every stammer is different. But also stammering is such a varied topic, but it but it affects everyone in every different way. Yeah. It really does, yeah. It's, like, it's interesting that on TV we see it as the King's Speech, we see it as Musharraf on Educating Yorkshire. You know, we yeah. see the severe end of things. And unfortunately, I've probably seen when you were in the same boat, when Educating Yorkshire came out for me, everyone was a bit like, what's Carl making a big deal about? Is Stammer's nothing compared to this lad on the TV? And it's it's not like that at all. It's all relative. So I completely get where you're coming from, yeah. And like it's such a very like my first thing like we talk about it more but like my, the first thing that i tell someone any job interview or any new person or if it's like you don't well the journalists know that i stammer but i do still say to say no i do stammer so yeah does like i always just like i feel like it gives me a rest assured like i sort of reassure like when i did my friend's best man speech the first joke i made was just, just let you know that I do have a stamina, so hopefully we'll, we will be done by night time. Just so I <laughs> yeah, yeah. so sort of address the elephant in the room before, yeah. we, before the elephant got in the room. And I thought, just own it rather than try and hide it. So, following from sort of com- com- comedy, like my speech wasn't a, com- a comedy, but your new side hustle is being a stand-up comedian. I'd love to know more about, but also what made you want to do it, because surely that's quite a tantalising, well, a very scary role, having a stammer. Like, it's possibly the last thought in people's head that they would want to do with a stammer. Like, I could never do it, so it's hard yeah. you for that. So, yeah, just tell us more about this project. Yeah, um, well, I've always loved stand-up comedy. It's always been my thing. You know, some people love music, some people love film. Like, mine has always been stand-up comedy. I remember I went to see... Michael McIntyre when I was a kid, you know, I've been to see lots of comedians. It's something I've always loved. I've always sort of wrote down little things, little jokes, little funny stories and used humour as a defence mechanism. Not so much just speech related, but in general, I use humour as a defence mechanism. In an awkward situation, in an upsetting situation, I'll sort of make these jokes borderline inappropriate jokes to make myself feel better so it's always been the comedy seed and then earlier this year I thought why not actually go for it really because you know it's one thing it's nothing to lose I thought I'd rather give it a go just get out there and see 
what happens, and it's been quite fortunate that I set up my own virtual comedy club called the C Comedy Club for people who stammer, but I've also done gigs at different comedy clubs. It's all virtual at the moment because obviously everything, but it's nice having that mix of a stammering audience and an audience where, one, they've never seen me or heard of me before, and two, none of them stammer. So it's a new experience. And with a stammer, it gives you plenty of material. Like quite a few of my jokes are related around situations I got myself into because of my speech or things that people said to me. It's, you know, Sometimes when I, when I go through schools, people made a few which at the time were hurtful comments, but I put them in my material, put a comedic spin on them, and it's very much another cliche feel that those words don't really have any effect on me anymore. And it's a step out of my comfort zone, as I, I, I like to challenge myself. And it's, yeah, like I still, I get nervous before every single gig I do. I panic, I you know, really get nervous, but so does everyone, I think. So does every comic I speak to say, says that they get nervous before a gig. So it's it's an interesting one to go into, but I'm enjoying it. I think that's the main thing. And it's really cool just how you sort of just have the courage just to do it. Like, that's, that's my motto about anything for any person who's done, who's done this one is struggling with a thought of doing a presentation or, like, a, a interview or, like, just do it. Just be and don't hide yeah. your stomach because you're not showing your true self. Like just own it and just be you. And have you had situations where not you've not being bullied because of your stomach, but have you had much tough responses because of your stomach, or or has your response been very quite positive for the stomach community? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I've been quite fortunate. Really, that it has been all. Positive. Obviously, doing jokes about stammering, it's very different coming from someone who stammers compared to someone yeah. who doesn't, of course. But I've tried yeah. to do it in a um, considerate way. Like, there's some yeah. jokes that I would not do in front of a stammering audience, but would do in front of a non-stammering audience, just because yeah. I feel like that they would turn the old community against me. But So you've got to be careful, but it's I've actually even met... Two more, two or three more stammers, all of them Scottish. So, two or three more people who stammer and do stand-up comedy, and they, wow. you know, three three people who I now class as friends as well. So, it's really nice having that reception. And the, the reason I set the online comedy club for people who stammer is because I love stand-up comedy. I still do, but before I would never walk into a comedy club in fear of getting picked on. I would be terrified watching gigs, even if I'm sat right at the back, in case I have to speak in front of this audience. So I just wanted to create this safe community, really. So I think it's just, if you, like with anything, if you do it for the right reasons, then there'll always be people who don't like it. That I remember not long after I started mine, another... Um, forum or group started their own comedy club night. I've not heard of that since, but it was a bit of a... So you refused to promote mine and started your own, so it was clearly you liked my idea, but I've not heard of, of them since. So there's always going to be little bumps in the road, but yeah. overall, the response I've had, particularly from Stammer or the British Stammer Association, has been great, as they've promoted lots of help, lots, and it's just been also a great response from my friends and family, because I include some of my family in my jokes, so that's always a risk 
you've got to take this. Yeah, it's really good. I've been very pleasantly surprised, I think, is the modest way to put it. It's been yeah, very positive. How how did your friends and family react when you told them that you were going to do? How, well, 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 I guess they sort of expected it if you've always been a comedy fan, but how how did they react when you said, I'm going to do it? Um, some of my friends were very much, this is your thing, because if we're out, I'm the person who, I like making people laugh. I, I'm quite, yeah. I like being funny naturally, that like it's not forced, but I like to make sure everyone's happy, you know, just having a laugh, really. So some of them were like expecting it, really. But again, you, you, that's the hard part. You've got to go from being funny in the moment to sort of prearranged funny when you, you stand up. But you know, a couple of my, my mates jokingly told me that I'm not f- 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 funny and stuff like that, you know, not in a malicious way, but I said, oh, I'm going to start doing stand up. They went, but y- y- you're not funny. I mean, all that was just, as a joke, your family are all very supportive. Like, m- my nan comes to most of my virtual gigs, which Aww. is terrifying. And on last Wednesday, just before my set started, so I had to quickly tweak a few things I was going to say when I didn't know I was going to have family in the audience. But it's yeah, it's been good. But I'm also still working alongside. I'm still doing my own life as well. It's not so much that I'm saying because I've done comedy for a couple of months, I'm now going to be the next... John Bishop or Leah Evans. It's very much something I do, but I enjoy it. But I also have a life alongside it, really. Yeah. So sort of following from that role to the other. So your your additional needs teaching assistant at, yeah. at, at his secondary school. Have you come across many students who stammer in your role? As of yet, I've not come across any. Well, no, I, I, I came across one, but... I was only at this school for a brief, brief period, so I didn't have enough chance to actually have a chat to him and work with him. But in the school I'm at now permanently, I've not come across anyone as of yet, but it's got nearly eight, nine hundred pupils, so probability states that there will be a couple in there who stammer. And when I'm back in September, as it'll be my first year starting prop, they've worked there in bits and pieces, and, and then I'm there permanently now from September. I'll be able to get my feet under the table a bit more and hopefully find anyone who stammers and maybe just offer them a bit more support than because it's a lot easier coming from someone who's been there. So I've not come across anyone who stammers yet, which I'm sort of surprised about, but I remember that people who stammer have got amazing ways of hiding their stammers. So unless, as I work one-on-one normally with the kids, unless my one-on-one has a stammer, then the rest of the class aren't my immediate priority. I work with the old class, but the one-on-one is the one that I get to know the most, of course. So it's, yeah, yeah it'd be more noticeable if it was one of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, then, then I guess you sort of know, I'm very passionate about neurodiversity, raising awareness like, in the workplace. And it's just fascinating for me seeing how neurodiversity has sort of come on top of people's minds now. And like it's been, yeah. from my perspective, working with like my CEO, different senior leaderships on like neurodiversity, where it's, and then they said to me once that it's much more meaningful coming from a person itself who's going through it rather than someone else who's telling your story. 
because they they can relate to the person more. Which I completely agree with because you know, you know what it's like to have dyslexia. You know what it's like doing a job interview. Like you know going through the processes. No, I I like I said before. I mentioned that I had a stammer spiritual, and the first thing that I said, one of the first things I said to my line manager was, "I'm not sure if HR told you, but I do have a stammer." And HR hadn't told her, but I but as a just so you know, like nothing to worry, literally nothing to worry about. Yeah. Just, just expect it. Just don't ex like I may stammer, nothing to worry about. Not, not, not having a fit or anything. It's just me just saying my stuff. And like it was just one of those things that you sort of feel like you have to address before you can sort of relax. But it's just interesting, like seeing it in schools and like actual starring children. Did a YouGov poll? And it came out with saying between 16 and 24 year olds, over 24%, no, over 27% of people think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Which is absolutely shocking, but also was talking about it with a previous guest, Elsa, about how it sort of does make sense because it's at that prime age of like when teens get like going through that sort of that bullying, like sort of trying to be best, like it's, it sadly makes sense, but it also shouldn't make sense. Did that stat surprise you, or did it shock you? Okay, it's, it's a frustrating one to hear. Yeah, I think yeah. particularly as someone that works in a school that I get protective over all my ALN students. If I see anyone even picking on them, or I think they are, I get protective, of course, because. You have a duty of care. But it's, from my own experience, the way people were very open to take the mech, really, of my stammer, it didn't surprise me as such, but it's, I think the, it, but it shocked me that it was so high. So yeah. I thought that's, well, that's over a quarter, isn't it, really? And that's, put any other disability or additional need instead of stammering, and that 27% would be front page of a paper. That would be front yeah. page of the news. It would be completely unacceptable that somehow stammering, somehow slips between the cracks, really. And it's, it is scary, but that's why we're doing stuff like that. You've got your podcast just to try and make that difference that the stammering community really need, I think. And, like, it's... No, this is a saying what I say that it's like when you make fun of someone wearing glasses, they can sort of, they can't fix by wearing contact lenses, but they can sort of try and help help the situation by wearing contact lenses. However, with a stammer, like you're sort of telling us not to use our like making us want to not use our voice. And like no one yeah. should ever feel like they shouldn't use their voice. And going from that to the next question is the pandemic the pandemic has affected us all in different ways and like it's definitely affected my stomach in more ways than one surprised me must be way more than i thought it would for good and for bad but also it's got me where i am here creating a podcast how has the how has the pandemic affected your stomach um i was quite lucky really that early on in the pandemic i came across stop holding back foundation which is a charity run by Ruben, Ruben Apalai, Christopher Jackson, and Ayo Adesanya. 
and those three people I came across just by chance are now three of my very good friends, so much so that wow. this weekend I'm actually going to London to Paris, and we're going to go off a few drinks and just really meet them in person. And because of this, I was able to join in the daily reading clubs every morning. This was in the height of the pandemic, yeah. really, because people locked down. I went from joining these reading clubs to hosting them, to running them myself, full stop going back, and just different things like weekly webinars. They had a SHB Unfiltered podcast, which was a 100-day daily podcast, and it was all these things. And again, just making friends with Ruben, with Chris, with, with Io. It was, I found that at the perfect time, and that's led on to amazing opportunities in my career as well as when I had the job interview for this job I got now, it was actually Chris's girlfriend through Stop Holding Back gave me a mock interview. So it was a different phase. Yeah. So it was, yeah. so it's very much that a chance encounter by, I think again, I just saw on Twitter or something like that. And I thought, oh, I'll have a look at what these guys are doing. And now they become a very important aspect of my stammering part of my life, but also just the normal side as well. I've got some amazing friends from it. So I've been very lucky, really, in the pandemic, which is a funny thing to say, but I have been a lot more fortunate. But I, I, I found the opportunities, really. I think it was... It can be easy to say that there's not been any speaking opportunities, but there always is if you look for them, really. And sometimes I have to look hard, but, yeah, it's just happened. That a lot, like, a common theme I found throughout the last probably two, three years has been, right, be, I've somehow been in the right place at the right time for a lot of things, and meeting Stop Learning About in this pandemic has been one of those occasions, really. Yeah. And it just shows how, like, I before lockdown was at, at was at the peak best time of my when my summer was its best because I, I was doing lots of promoting for like apprentices for my apprenticeship provider multiverse was doing lots of socializing like was in a really good place and I realized that my stammer is the best is non exist not non-existent it is at its yeah. best when I don't stammer it's when I'm sociable. And I realised that going into working from home really caused my stammer to get quite bad because the only people who I, who I was talking to was my family of the odd team. Yeah. And I no, noticed that I was stammering on new words. And I thought, actually, I've got all this time that I'm not using for my commuting. Or like, why don't I just practice on my stammer? Like, yeah. the worst thing for me was picking up the phones and, and saying hello, because hello, especially to unknown number, is just causes I stammer it, it to yeah. be awful so I found techniques to get that done when I'm like actually I'm I'm not the only one going through this there's other people so let's start writing articles so I started writing articles and then I started thinking actually why don't I start seeing if any media would be interested in this because we we are the hidden community of the pandemic like you're not really being thought yeah. about in different situations like face masks I thought let's just see where it goes and since then it's sort of been it's amazed me by the interest of 
some so, of so, of so many big media outlets. I mean, amount of responses that I got saying, "Why, why didn't we think this before?" Like the amount of times that someone has said, "Why didn't we think this before?" has been a bit like, "Well, why didn't you? Like, why hasn't this been?" Like, I think when doing the presidential coverage, like the stammering was quite high on on the press, and I that's yeah, course, when I yeah. got, one, and I, that's when I got one, one of my best pieces of coverage. This was on. ITV News on the day that Joe got oh. elected, and they came in, and so it was on the six o'clock news, and then they said actually it did quite well, so we did it on the ten o'clock news as well, and it was a really fascinating experience. As of like, they came to my town, we we recorded by a river, and the positive response from it, because you never know what people are going to respond to, and like the response from it alone. The chats that we had off camera as well, my journalists were saying it was absolutely lovely. It was just asking me so many questions. So this is so interesting. And like, we, we were having a very good, the thing about something is that it, it's not a debate as such, but it's just comparing like the knowledges. And it's just been fascinating, like how I've built my network, but also how I've built my confidence because of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's sort of, it, it's a very odd, Scenario. So, my next question is: It's a hot question that I've not told you about before. <laughs> when you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of? First name that popped into my head was Winston Churchill, as I Ooh, was a way yeah. stammer till my history teacher mentioned it, and then obviously in true tradition, everyone in the class turned and stared at me as if they thought yeah. that I you knew. I was like, "Yeah, of course, yeah." So. One that pops in my head. Obviously, we've got a lot, but um, there's more than you think. Like I know Julia Roberts and Emily Blunt both stammer. Um, Samuel Jackson, he talks about it. I, I like seeing him talk about it. But Samuel Jackson is a yeah. legend in the industry. So, um, but is you think there's a lot, and then you, the list runs dry. There's definitely more out there. I, I'm adamant there's more famous people who stammer, but they yeah, just. I'm going to say that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, uh... And Ed, Ed Sheeran, Marilyn Monroe, like her brother, yeah, Monroe, yeah. are meant to be her. And like, there's just so many, like someone says, which I hadn't realised was, was the actor who played Darth Vader. Like, he yes, yeah. Him. James Earl Jones, yeah. Yeah. And then, who else? Like, there's so many people that just gives Joe Biden, of course. But like, so many people just gives, like, it just gives your brain. And like, Rowan Atkinson, he stammers. Yeah, yes. recently. But there's so many people. Like I think that sort of needs to be spoken about more as well to inspire other people who stammer. Saying, "Well, if they can do that, you can do what you want to achieve." So my final question to round up this podcast, Callum, is: if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, what what would they be? Oh, um, three pieces of advice for someone who does stammer. I first of all say is what I always say is trust the timing. As like for example, I went on the Starfish project at the best time for me. If I went earlier, if I went later, I don't know who would have had the impact it has had. So definitely trust the timing, as you will know when you know. I think when it comes to overcoming your speech. There's no right or wrong path to follow. You've got to follow your own path. So definitely trust the timing. Um, second bit of advice is just be 
open and be yourself as I'm very open about my speech now. I, I remember actually just this Friday gone, I was um, getting the train home from a night of many drinks with a friend. And it's, we were talking about stammering and stuttering. I can't remember what context because of alcohol, but I'm sure we were talking about that on the train coming home. So just be open because it's of human nature that the more open and genuine you are about yourself, that will encourage other people to be open and honest too. So definitely be open about yourself. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide. And third piece of advice for someone with stammers is, I uh, say keep going as it won't be easy. I've been working on my speech for well, nearly exactly two years now. And you still have good days, bad days, challenging days, days when you, you're fed up, you know, and this could be speech-related or not. But it's not something that happened overnight. You've got to take the bad with the good. And sometimes sometimes it might feel like the bad days outweigh the good, but there is a greater good. So definitely just keep going. As is, If I gave up whenever I've had a challenging day, challenging week, challenging month, challenging longer than a month, I will have got you now. So, yeah, definitely keep going. Advice for people who don't start. Is this like general advice or advice about stammering for them? Or? It's advice about stammering. So, ad basically, what to do in a situation or, or just advice if you come across someone who's done. I'd say um, talk about it. If they're happy to talk about it, definitely. Do like to put it in, whenever I say something, I like to give it context, if, if you haven't noticed. So like when, like with the people I work with, in our ALN team I work with, I, I'm not being biased saying this, but I honestly think we're one of the best in the business. And they've accepted me and I've slotted in very easily. You know, that my, my boss, the additional learning needs coordinator, is first of all one of the most incredible women I've ever met in my life, but also she accepted me, accepted my stammer and is interested in it. So definitely, obviously don't force someone to talk about their stammer, but if someone does, just take it as part of them. We've all got things that make us different, so just bring them in, as I've been very lucky that with the people I work with, we've all got our own little insecurities, I'm sure, as everyone does, but they've including me, my stammer doesn't affect them or anything like that. And that's like, I absolutely love the team I work with. They're amazing. So that's definitely one, just be talk about it and accept and set a bit of advice. Uh, don't assume everyone's the same. Like I know some people who don't mind having their words or sentences finished off for them. I know people who don't. I know some people who will do absolutely anything to find the speaking situation. Like I, I, I've met some people who will always wait in, in a queue at McDonald's, for example, to talk to the cashier face-to-face -face when I, I would rather use a machine, not because I'm avoiding the speaking situation, because I don't have the time of the day to be waiting five minutes when I could just do it straight away. So it's, you know, don't assume that everyone's the same. You know, if you know someone who stammers, that's great. But don't think that I'm the same. There was one teacher who I had in school who watched Educate in Yorkshire and then pretended she came up with the idea of listening to music and that was going to help me and save a day. And it was just, a, no, because one, 
it's just no until that's, that's completely different. So you know, I'm not going to walk around listening to music all day. So you also just understand that. And then the third piece of advice I say is um, whew, just I don't know how to word this. Like, that it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like I think my grandparents yeah. put it best when I was talking to them about my stammer. They were saying it never bothered them because that's just a Cal and that's just a Cal. You know, it's nothing more than Cal's got a stammer, but that's just Cal. And it's as easy as that. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be the topic of every conversation. You don't have to go out your, your way to accommodate with people who stammer. Like, I know sometimes that can be good, but at the same time, it very much it is what it is. I think that's three long-winded pieces of advice, and I've lost my train of thought many times in each of these answers. So I, I couldn't specify what I said, but yeah, they're my three bits of advice, more or less. Oh, they were absolutely fantastic, and when when I can definitely agree to talk to every single advice I gave, um, then especially just don't judge straight away, like just don't assume, like be open, have a wide vision of what. Don't just focus on one thing. All oh, think he's staring. All oh, he needs help. No, all go. Oh, maybe, maybe let's just see how they cope, and then and then after maybe go. Oh, would you next time? Would you like me to help you in that situation? We'll just ask. So, Callum, thank you so much for joining me today in this in this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And as I've mentioned before, we've got some really exciting guests coming onto the podcast and. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're very close to 100 followers, so please make sure to follow us on 100 um, so we can get to 100 followers where we post all our exciting updates and facts. So see you next time in two weeks, and I'll see you next week for a Friday Reel where I'll be giving some advice. Thanks, and thank you, Callum. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Let's go. All right, thanks. Bye.